1: Hello and welcome to Banging Book Club, the book club where we read books about sex and gender and talk about it. I'm Hannah Witten. I'm Lucy Moon. Lena Norms can't be here because she has a full-time job and is at work, but we are joined by Louise O'Neill. <gasps> Hi. Hi. Oh, wow. And
2: applause and everything. Yeah, so I impressive. can maybe
1: edit in a fake applause. We'll see. Probably yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Louise is here to chat to us about her new book Book The Surface Breaks, which is reimagining of The Little Mermaid. But we are especially excited to have you here because the first ever book we read for Banging Book Club was asking for it. Oh no way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so no way. the book had love a introduction you. to a book by the yeah. yeah. We were
2: like, what have we gotten ourselves <laughs> in for?
1: So that's oh, the way. first podcast we ever did. So this should be
2: the last one and then you'll just have it like, you know, bookended <laughs> sorry
1: conditions <laughs> <dish> Well. <laughs> Full circle. We came full circle. We did. Good times. Um, So we like to do this thing where we give sound reviews for books. Okay. (laughs) Because it's a podcast, so it's like audio reviews. Um, Would you care to give us a sound review of you reviewing your experience of writing this book?
2: I have no idea what (laughs) I'm going to
1: do for this What? So my my sound review for um, The Surface Breaks would be i oh <laughs> <laughs> And like you sound kind of reviewed your own book when it came out oh as well, yeah right? it sounded you, like giving you, birth yeah the writing <laughs> process I have no idea how I'm going to do this can one of you do it for
2: me and say look you did a great one there so oh, okay. maybe we'll just leave it at that if I
1: had written this book I would imagine it would
2: have been like <laughs> like a
1: really fun time was it a fun time? <laughs> it was a fun time there we go I, I, nailed okay,
2: it that is- Amazing! <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about it all night going, what would
1: I have done? Can you send us like a voice note first? Yeah, Yeah, but okay. Yeah, so yeah. When yeah. it
2: comes to me, I'll be wow. like sending you yes,
1: voice note. Amazing. <laughs> um, so do you want to tell us a little bit about what
2: The Surface Breaks is about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, The Surface Breaks is about a little mermaid um, called Gaia. Um, and she lives um, deep under the sea off the Irish coast um, in a sea kingdom that is run by her father, who is the sea king. Um, and Gaia feels very trapped. She feels trapped by, I think, the societal expectations um, that, you know, of the sea kingdom by her overbearing father by this engagement to a man that she doesn't love. Mm-hmm. Um, so on her fifteenth birthday, when she's allowed to go to the surface for the first time, and she catches glimpse of a very young, handsome young man. Oliver. Uh, yes, Oliver. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, well, she thinks that she falls in love with him. Um, but I really think that she sees him as. An escape route in a lot of ways um, and the book is really about I think what lengths will um, Gaia go to to gain the freedom that she so desperately wants.
1: And there's also like, what I liked about it—the mystery element of Gaia's mother yes. as well. I was like, "Oh, this is some kind of like mystery Sherlock Holmes-like detective <laughs> story <laughs> yeah. as well." Well,
2: it's really interesting with fairy tales because there is often a trope of uh, like the motherless princess, um, yeah. and a lot of the times it's Or the evil. Oh no, you, you're right. Yeah, you're the stepmothers. Yes, and yeah. it, it's actually it's a really interesting because um, it, it, trope if you look at it because it's just so inherently sexist because it sort of is the idea of like the good woman, the bad woman, you know, the good girl, the bad girl. So it's like, you know, the dead perfect mother and then the evil um, stepmother. Um, so I wanted to sort of play around with the trope of the dead mother um, because she's not really mentioned in the original fairy tale. Actually, mm. she's not mentioned at all. It's just as if because in the King Disney has...
1: film, she's not yeah. a thing at all. No, it's no just no. like She has a
2: dad. She doesn't have a mom. Like <laughs> yes. not mentioned. Exactly. It's just you know magically kind yeah. of you know I don't know uh, how how they were um, conceived, but there's no mention of a mother. Um, so I don't know. I just thought I was really interested in that idea, and I also, mm-hmm. also thought that if you were um, if you were a young woman who had never known their mother, I think that would be a really huge factor in your life and sort of shaping your personality and the way that you saw the world. Um, and I just thought it would seem really odd if I didn't address it in um my retelling. Um, so as you said, that's a that's a a sort of a a pretty um important um Mm -hmm. plotline running through the book. So Um, why
1: the Little Mermaid? I was literally about to ask
2: this. Someone called. What
1: did they? Layla. No. Petra, sorry Petra, on was like why The Little Mermaid over any other
2: um, fairy tale? Well I suppose firstly um, what happened was it was the summer of 2016 when Lauren Fortune who is the editorial director here at Scholastic Mm -hmm. actually approached me um, and said she wanted to commission me to do a feminist retelling of The Little Mermaid Um, and I probably should have said no because I was like knee deep in writing um, Almost Love which is my first novel for adults which came out. Two months ago, yeah, I'm two so, Louise O'Neill two, books in one year. I was so <laughs> tired. <laughs> two books in two It's, it's ridiculous. It was <gasps> ridiculous. But anyway, it's 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 fine. Um, I, I'm I'm going to survive. I'm still alive. It's grand. Um yep. But I think once the she said the Little Mermaid, I just couldn't say no because I was obsessed with that story. You know, I grew up um, on Inchidani Beach, and I was really fascinated by the water. Like my mom said, whenever I was upset or if I was crying or you know, in a bad mood that if she put me in a bath, I would sort of instantly be soothed. And because we grew up like right on the beach, I always just had this real just sense of fasc- fascination with the water, and then when the Disney version of the Little Mermaid came out, um, I was four at the time, so I think it was prime age mm. to just like for I that. I love the Disney oh, version. Oh, I do. I do too, <laughs> and and I think because like it was the first Disney princess in thirty years when that one was released. Because it's the start so of the yeah. renaissance oh yes, yes. Disney. Time. Yes. So yeah. was
1: that all before that was kind of like Jungle Book and Pinocchio um, the like,
2: princesses before Ariel
1: were, were Snow White, and Sleeping Cinderella. Beauty. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, oh, I guess and then Ariel kicked
2: off the, the new like bell the new wave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the new, wave, of, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> new yeah, wave So yeah, so I think as, you know, especially like it was nineteen eighty nine. So you're also talking about like massive marketing, and, you know. So there was just I think an entire generation of young women, sort of late twenties, early thirties, now that she was just we were all obsessed with her. I think mm-hmm. We all wanted to be Ariel, um, and it was really as a teenager, I think. Um, I, when I started to identify as a feminist. And I read Angela Carter, uh, The Bloody Chamber. Yes. Yeah, it's amazing. So that's uh, like a very
1: gory retelling of some uh, fairy tales, for those who don't know. Yes, yeah. it's
2: very bleak, very dark, but just just beautifully twisted. It's just mm-hmm. such a great book. Um, and I suppose that was the first time that I really began to think about fairy tales in that light, you know, that some yeah. of them had like really odd because like, gender politics.
1: The Surface Breaks is more a retelling of the original Hans Christian yes. Andersen, which yes. is dark. Yes, it is, and yeah. I think that
2: was when I first when I when I went back to um, revisit it. I, I I kind of knew w- talking to um, Lauren that I it was going to be you know a retelling more of the original fairy tale rather than the Disney version. Mm-hmm. So I went back and I reread it, and I hadn't read it in ages. I couldn't believe how dark it was. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when she goes to when the Little Mermaid goes to the Sea Witch and she asks her for this magic potion to transform her tail into legs and. The witch asks for her voice in return, and the little mermaid says, Well, how am I going to make the prince fall in love with me? And the witch says, Well, you know, you have your lovely form. So it's like basically yeah. you have your body. Oh, dear. Sure, who cares about anything else? Um, so I was like, God, that's grim. And then I think I had forgotten it's all well about the violence of when, you know, she, when her, like when her tail does this, uh, was he went to two legs. I um, just, how painful it is for her on the earth, you know that she feels mm-hmm. as if like she's walking on broken glass, and you know there's daggers, stag- you know, stabbing up through her and feet. Your description of the deterioration of her
1: human feet was like, <laughs> I was like, at some points, but because I was wondering, wondering what age this book is for, because I imagine it's YA,
2: yes, probably. It is YA. It yeah. is YA.
1: Okay, because. There are so many elements of it. I'm like, oh, this is YA, like, this n- nice little innocent bits. It's a fairy tale. And I'm like, oh,
2: god. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. like, well, it's like, me, yeah. so, like, it has to be, like, sort of dark. It, it, And it's really funny that you say yeah. that, because whenever anyone asks, I'm like, oh, this is a much younger book than all the others. i think 12 or 13 years to read this, <laughs> so maybe not. But I think there are bits of it
1: that seem very young yes. that do That I felt like, oh, maybe I'm a bit too old to be reading this. But then some of the brutality of it, like the politics, but also the physical brutality, I was like, this is pretty heavy. Yes, (laughs)
2: but then I suppose, as I said, it was all kind of derived from the original fairy tale. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, after my dad read it, because he, I suppose, only remembered the Disney version as well, and he also asked, he was like, can I have your copy of the original fairy tale because he said he Mm. he couldn't remember i suppose how violent some of that was so i thought it was important to um to deal with that because i suppose the messaging is so incredibly strange especially for young children Mm -hmm. you know it's like she gives up her voice she literally silences herself in order to be in a relationship and then she mutilates her body so that a man that she barely knows will find her attractive it's really messed up you know
1: but gaia very much is justifying it all to herself yeah. and the book is in her head. Yeah. So do you, in terms of what you're imagining the reader's journey, are you imagining that the reader is like, guy, you idiot, like
2: what are you doing? Yeah. Or almost going along with her I think it magic? depends. I think it depends on what age um, mm. the reader is or sort of mm. their level, not even necessarily um, age, but maybe level of maturity. Um, I. Uh, it was interesting in some of the edits because there were some notes about making maybe it slightly more romantic um, and I struggled slightly with that. I'm like, <laughs> how do I how do I do that though? I don't know. Um because-
1: was it a conscious choice as well to have Gaia being 15 and Oliver 21? Like, that age gap as well. Yeah, it's, which is it's
2: creepy. interesting. Yeah. yeah, it is very creepy. Because you're
1: almost just... not rooting for it at all, because you're like, that's illegal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, It's just straight up not oh, cool. Oh, God,
2: Oliver. Oliver's going to go to jail. <laughs> I know. And to be fair, he's really not interested no. at all. Not really. Like, you he know, just... he, he, I, feel so, I feel really sorry for him, because I suppose it's, again, uh, you know, which I've tried to do in other books, is to explore... How the patriarchy affects, you know, both young women and young men, mm-hmm. because he yeah. is grieving and doesn't have the space, um, or even really the vocabulary with which to express that, because you know it's not encouraged for young men to cry or be vulnerable or you know express their emotions in that yeah. way. Um, and I really wanted to sort of look at that as well. That he is, you know, he's a victim of the patriarchy just as much as um, Gaia is, really, in some ways.
1: Yeah, and I think him struggling with those things as well impacts the women in his life, especially his mother, yes. who then, again, another victim of the patriarchy. Yes. I just, love
2: her, though. She's great. Yeah, she is. Um, her
1: and um,
2: the sea witch, the sea witch just, yeah. just need to like hang out. They need yeah. to... The two yes. of them. They're going to be a spin-off yes. book. Yes, them. oh my God, I would love that. Um, yeah, because I suppose I really just wanted to represent two women who refused to conform. Um, yeah. And I think how they are both punished in their own way for actually wanting to live life on their own terms, which I think yeah. is something that a lot of women struggle with.
1: Because one thing I've seen online a lot recently is a lot of Ursula, like in the Disney film, like yeah. Ursula, like body positive, fat pride and stuff. And yeah. I think that was definitely that's like, like cool. in this book as well. Yes. It's like the fact that the, the, the sea witch or Ursula is like the ultimate feminist icon yeah I
2: love her <laughs> and she has
1: like a feminist commune the, the Rulsa, Rulsarkas Rusalcas? yeah
2: Rulsarkas yeah
1: tell us a bit about them and they were they an invention of yours or are they oh no no else? it's okay. um it's
2: ta- I did um a lot of uh, I did a lot of sort of um research into mermaid mythology and I was really interested by the idea of them because they're, it's it's in sort of Russian and Slavic mythology Um, and I you know it's they have long green hair and they're these uh, girls and what which I thought was really interesting was the I suppose the the origin of the story that it tends to be women who have been jilted at the altar or women who have been you know who died in childbirth or Mm -hmm. women who you know so had quite tragic ends and I think I I really started thinking about that and I just thought I suppose for me in an Irish context um, it felt like I could kind of weave in um, certain aspects of Irish history around um, the way that women have been treated um, in our history um, mm. you know, the way the church and the state have conspired to police women's bodies, particularly the fact that we don't have, um, you know, access at the moment. Well, hopefully that will change yeah. uh, at the end of the month. The eighth, yes, eighth. the eighth. Um, but you know, I was looking at let's say the Magdalen laundries um, or the uh, mother and baby homes, where unmarried women were basically thrown into these homes that were run by the Catholic Church. Um, and put into basically like enforced slavery um, and then their babies taken from them and sold kind of to the highest bidder. Um, but then the
1: sea witch takes them in. Yes exactly <laughs> which is why I really wanted to reclaim yeah. the sea
2: witch as well and you're right yeah. because it's funny as a child watching it I remember being like oh Ursula's so mean mm-hmm. and then as an adult you're like oh my god Ursula's such a badass <laughs> and she looks so cool and like yeah. the lipstick and you know I can't, I just wanted again I think the way that we demonize as I said, women who, you know, want to live life on their own terms. um, Mm -hmm. And particularly, I suppose, in fairy tales, that kind of trope of the evil witch is actually really sexist Mm -hmm. and ageist when you look at it. You know, Mm -hmm. if you think of the witch hunts in sort of the 16th and the 17th centuries, most of the time those were just women who didn't want to, you know, comply with patriarchal religions. They wanted to, like, live independently and they were, you know, burned at stake for it. Um, And also it's just this idea that as a woman ages, that the only thing that she can do is... Become really like bitter and jealous of younger women and their beauty, mm, and like yeah. living in a cabin at the you know <laughs> at the edge of the at the edge of the forest or whatever. So I, it just to me felt really reductive, and I wanted my sea witch to be much more um, I don't know complex um, than that. And she's great. I just I had so much fun writing her.
1: Yeah, she is pretty cool. I just really need to know the answer to this, which <laughs> is something that the seeking says to Gaia Uh, and I'm like is this a Donald Trump reference (laughs) have you ever asked this before I have I'm have. i afraid
2: to say it's on them I'm like no of course not (laughs)
1: Um, so the sea king basically says about his own daughter if she wasn't mine I'd marry her
2: yeah Uh, which
1: sounds uh, very similar to something uh, Donald Trump said about
2: his daughter Ivanka you're drawing similarities there now (laughs) I admit to nothing um yeah well look I think you know I suppose the thing about rewriting a fairy tale is that before I started, I was like, what do I want to say with this? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, feminism is a really important part of just m- my personality and who I am and how I identify. Um, but I think I have been really dismayed, I suppose, looking at you know, world politics and, you know, obviously, you know, Brexit here and, uh, Trump, uh, in the States and kind of the rise of very right wing um, politics, mm-hmm. um, across Europe. Um, And I just wanted to look, I suppose, at how we have allowed ourselves to become divided in lots of ways, you know, that we other people that aren't like us, whether that's, you know, gender or sexuality, yeah, exactly, (laughs) or, you know, race. And I just think that I wanted to, I suppose, emphasize a message of uh, diversity and um, inclusivity. Um, and obviously, I was drawing inspiration from <laughs> uh, recent events. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Great answer. Yeah, he's quite litigious, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, I, d- I doubt he cares about what I do, but you know, you never know.
1: That's what I love about like the Easter eggs of when someone wrote a particular novel is like the cultural commentary, even when it's really subtle. Yeah. I just think that's why I'm my favorite <laughs> um right. Uh Layla asks on Twitter, Does your choice to retell The Little Mermaid mean that you dislike the original by default? Ooh. And um which did you pull most inspiration from, which we've kind of already answered, the traditional story or the Disney version? Yes.
0: Well
2: I definitely um took more inspiration from the traditional version.
0: Um
2: no, it doesn't mean I hate it. I you know I, I still really love the Disney version. I love the music. Um, I, you know, Ariel is just one of, you know, I'm like have red hair and, you know, basically like I was like, I am Ariel, you know, <laughs> that anyway, kind of like a, so, and also I think I really identified with her because I know, um, when I was a child, I always had this sense of sort of feeling like I was different or feeling like I didn't really belong. Um, and I think because of the way that Ariel just wanted more for herself, I suppose, mm-hmm. than the world around her thought that she was capable of, um, that was something that I always really identified. Um, so, no, I'm not saying, you know, you don't have to, like, I, I think that's unfair because I think these are, um, these are books and these are movies that are part of our childhood um, and have sort of, you know, part of our psyche in a lot of ways. Um, but I think it's always worth looking at things that we consumed when we were younger with a more critical eye yeah. because you can really start to see, I wonder how this affected me or how this uh, affected my Thought processes because I know, obviously, as I said, as a teenager, looking back at it and going, Oh, this is really problematic, particularly how she, I suppose, you know, wants to change her body. And obviously, mm. as someone who had had, you know, anorexia, bulimia, like for most of my adolescence, you, know, you do start to wonder, Well, I wonder what impact that kind of social messaging had on me because, you know, I was that and it was, you know, Sweet Valley High and, um, trying to think, you know, Barbies and, you know, there's certain mm. things that I was very drawn to. And you do wonder, I suppose, about how that shapes your idea of what women are supposed to look like. Um, and body image and things like that so I think it's I, I think it's always worth looking at something with a more critical eye but you don't have to decide that you know you hate it unless it's a Woody Allen film and you yeah. cancelled <laughs> oh god canceled. so canceled. the saddest thing um that
1: actually ties into one of Lena's questions mm-hmm. so Lena our other oh. co-host I'm very sad who, I'm good to meet you yeah oh. sadly has a full-time job what's yeah. that my god what is that yeah <laughs> um she sent us a bunch of questions, and she said, "Should we still tell the original Little Mermaid story to children, and sh- or show them the Disney film?"
2: Ooh, I don't like, know. What's, I, what's the rules there? I know. I mean, to be honest, I don't have children, um, so I'm <laughs> you do, you parents. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I really, I'm so loath to because I, have um, friends who uh, have small children now, and it just looks so tough, and it feels like they get kind of like unsolicited advice from every Mm -hmm. which way or people saying oh you should do this you shouldn't do that and it looks really exhausting so I think it's really up to um the parents themselves because some I think if you're maybe if you're um a woman and you are really feminist and you are really interested in these ideas maybe you'll decide actually this isn't something that I would like to show my daughter but I know my best friend um who you know I'm Godmother to her son, um, who's on a year, he's so cute. His name is George actually, so one of the characters in the book is um, named after yeah. Um but oh, he's the, he's the is good, good one, yes. isn't he? He's the good one. Well I wanted to give like a representation of masculinity that like didn't feel limiting, that you know, he's very sensitive and he's quite gentle and yeah. I just wanted like that. Just for Joe, my George, to sort to see that you know, he can be whatever he wants mm-hmm. to be, that he doesn't have to conform to this idea of hypermasculinity. You probably never read the book, but I anyway, <laughs> it's there anyway, George. Um, but her little girl Isabel, um, the last time I was in the house, um, and I was telling her about the Little Mermaid, she's like, "Oh, I have that book." You know, she's a beautiful. God, the illustrations were absolutely stunning. Um, and I'm not going to turn around to my best friend and say you shouldn't be letting yeah. her read that because like, I'm. She's not my daughter, it's not up to me. So I think it's really about the sensibilities of the parents involved and you know what you know, some people are more conscious of it and some people don't really maybe care as much. Yeah. Another
1: question from which I also was wondering, uh, from Beth is the cover is gorgeous but very different from your other books. Yes. Mm, How did you yeah. find the inspiration for it? What drew you to this particular
2: cover design and what was the process? Well, actually, like the thing is is that I don't have that much to do with um the covers. Like they will come they'll come to me with um, you know, an idea or a sort of a, a rough kind of, yeah. you know, proof of it. Or, of it. Um, and then I, I had show, but like I'm not really involved in the actual um, development of it. So I know obviously because the rest of my books are with a different publisher and they're with uh, Quercus and Riverrun. So when they're choosing a cover, it's very much like, well, what is the Louise O'Neill brand? You know, that sort of way. Yeah. So like the, the um, YA books had kind of a, a similar you know there was doll parts um, mm-hmm. and then when they republished those as adult um, editions it was you know usually tend to be sort of an octopus of a and woman's face as well so with this book obviously it's you know it's a different um it's a different publisher so they're not as concerned maybe about kind of keeping in line with that branding um so they sent me through an original um uh, the first one which was a, a different artist and I just didn't feel like it fit it was you know beautiful but just didn't really fit with I think the story so when they came back to me with this I was absolutely and utterly just stunned it, by is it. Just it isn't stunning. it really yeah, is. Like, yeah. and I feel comfortable saying that because I had nothing to do with it so I can <laughs> say yeah. it's so It's stunning. like one of
1: those books that you're just always going to keep
2: on your shelf yeah. yeah definitely no I agree and it's um it's a Colombian artist called um Paola um, Escobar and I keep saying Pablo Escobar because I didn't Really and you're just like, oh. he's just multi-talented. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, <laughs> so it's. I mean, who knew exactly? But no, it's it's really beautiful, and I loved because you know there's so much in um, there's so much in it. You know, they because when they were going through it, and there's obviously you know the, all the, the detail hair and uh-huh. the, the daggers yeah. and you know the foil. Mm-hmm. It's so funny before I you get published, shows. you never really think about this. And then they're like, "We're putting foil on the cover." Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so um, you know you've made it. Yeah, you exactly, the I'm like on a boil. And I love the um on the hardback, uh on the inside. The it's like it's got mermaid the scales. scales. Yeah, does yeah. it? I'm going to have to look Yeah, at that it's, after it's finish recording. really
0: cool. it
1: is beautiful. Um so on Instagram, Rosalind Pearl asked if you could be a mermaid for a day, what would you <laughs> oh, be most excited to do? <laughs> oh, I love that question. That's such a like what's it called, TRL question. Like. Yes. <laughs>
2: um I think you know what? I I you know, I suppose when I was a child and I would just would swim constantly, um, it used to really frustrate me that I couldn't breathe underwater, Did you know, that mm-hmm. I couldn't just because I wanted to dive under there and spend the rest of my life there. Um, and so I think it would just be able to, being able to explore, I suppose, um, you know, really deep underneath the, um, underneath the surface. I was going to say go see the coral reef, but apparently that is not much to look at anymore because humans are trash yeah. and they've destroyed it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Who's watched Blue Planet. Yeah,
2: yeah. Very disturbing.
1: (laughs) The thing about being a mermaid or like being able to swim underwater, the thing that really excites me about that is that it would feel like you're flying. It's the closest yes. you'd get to actually... Yes,
2: that's like, a good point. Like you're flying. And also, I obviously have really, really, really long hair. Outside. Your hair would look amazing so on this your It would be excellent. <laughs> really long, really thick hair. Oh. The dream. It's like I've had like, incredibly expensive um, hair extensions put in. Uh, so yeah, that would be the other thing that I would Just be really da da looking da, for. Da, to, yeah. da, da. <laughs> Do you know what I discovered recently? Is that
1: actually it's well easier to open your eyes... In seawater than it is in surface water. Yeah, yeah I've, sting as much I've always avoided opening my eyes in the sea because I'm like, oh, the salt will stink, but no. It, you can see so
2: clearly it's yeah. beautiful
1: that's so interesting well you in, uh,
2: the pool that i go to at home it's right on the beach and it's heated seawater that they use in the pool so like the Whoa. chlorine is like really really low so that
1: sounds amazing it's i'm allergic to too. chlorine as well i oh, guess well, this would be perfect swimming pools and i'm
2: just like oh God, <laughs> you okay you must come to my swimming
1: pool i'll come to your swimming you pool, pool. i somewhere. need to do a proper
2: trip to ireland mm-hmm. as well oh you do absolutely like they because the countryside is so stunning i always feel with um and probably this Dublin Dublin's great um, but you know it is like, kind of like any European city mm-hmm. I think you have to get outside to yeah. see like the yeah. full splendour of the nature Speaking of
1: Ireland you said that this book is set off the Irish coast mm. underwater mm. so in the Sea Kingdom but then obviously once Gaia gets on land mm. is that supposed to be Ireland or is it really vague because I also couldn't tell what time,
2: yes. it was set in. I wanted it to be as timeless and as universal as possible. Mm, okay. yeah, so, like, yeah. I didn't want them to have... Mobile phones. Yes. You know, <laughs> things like that. I just thought that would just seem really anachronistic. Um, so I just wanted... Because that's the whole point of fairy tales. That's why they're so enduring. It's because yeah. there is a really... Timeless element to them in general, yeah. um, and I didn't want to date it in any way because I want, as I said, I wanted it to be quite close to the original fairy tale. So it is obviously it feels much more modern in lots of ways, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't want to specify a place. I didn't want to specify um, a time. I also think that gives the reader more space to insert themselves in the narrative. Mm-hmm. You know, particularly yeah. if when it's being read abroad, and that they there isn't any sort of really specific time or place so it could be anywhere you know yeah
1: i think it especially could be anywhere because you make um, a point of having the humans mm. being of loads of different races yes. as well cuz guy is uh, in the sea kingdom but the the King is like Everyone must look a certain way. Yeah. Let's <laughs> banish all of the undesirables. And then yeah. she goes online and she's like, oh, there are people different colored skin. What? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And again, that was really important um, because, you know, the I, I, I suppose it, it's funny. When I was younger, and I, I remember having this conversation with them before, like I often felt like I didn't, you know, I was looking at pictures and magazines and things like that, a very, mm-hmm. you know, blonde, tanned, um, blue-eyed women, and I remember feeling like, oh God, well I can't be beautiful unless I look like that. And the thing is, is that I'm five foot nine, and you know I'm, I'm a relatively thin woman, so like I have, like, whoa, certain. Oh my hey, God! Did I, you I, hear that?
1: Did the mic pick up the absolute storm that is happening outside right now? What the f- I thought Are any of those windows open? So it just suddenly started getting worse. I'm sick. I'm not going outside or staying inside forever. Yeah, I just suddenly saw the weather turn, and I was like, no, I'm going mad. <laughs>
2: I'm <just found> <laughs> to get the windows open, because that was really loud. Anyway, right, sorry. Um, <laughs> oh. You were mid-sentence, and oh, I'm not yes. sure what it was. Like. I'll, okay, so um, I'll start that over. I said, um, when I was a teenager and, you know, watching movies or watching TV shows or looking at magazines, and it was always, you know these blonde and blue eyed and you know tanned women and I remember feeling as if well I can't be beautiful unless I'm you know tall and um, um blonde and blue eyed and the thing is is that you know I'm also I I am tall I am you know thin I am a, a white woman so in general it suppose there are certain aspects of that that I am closer maybe than you know than um, other people and so when I was in um New York one of my best friends there was Korean American and we just started talking about it and she was like yeah but how would you have felt if you know, you never saw anyone that looked like you. You know, if you uh, opened up a mag, you know, that you, know, you opened up a magazine, you hmm. never saw a face that, that looked like yours. You never saw a face on television that looked like yours, unless it was like a real stereotype, um, and certainly not as portrayed as someone um, who is attractive or someone who is beautiful. Um, and I, I, well, it really made me feel incredibly spoiled and quite brashish, mm-hmm. and, and really, I think, maybe confront my own like white privilege. Um, and I think what was important for me in this book. Not to kind of, I suppose, dwell on the point, but that, that you know, the most beautiful um, woman in the book is of Indian descent, you know, that the most powerful family in the book are, mm. are black, you know, so that it's, it's just, I think it's really about representation and about that we see, um, uh, you know, the, the, uh, people of colour in that light. So I, I think that's important anyway, you know. Yeah. No, definitely agree.
1: Um, I wanted to ask, do you think Gaia is a good role model?
2: <laughs> oh god. And um, I I'm not sure. I don't I mean I've not I've not I mean i am not i not i do not know if I would ever be really that interested in writing a character and saying that I think this person is a, or this character is a role model um mm-hmm. because I'm not sure... Firstly, I'm not really sure if I agree with the idea of role models in general um, because I get that a lot where people are like, oh, you're such a role model and I'm like, I, do, do, I just don't want that responsibility. So I get that a lot too but the way I think of it is it's kind of not up to us. If someone sees us as a role model, yes. then you But then you are have gone. to be allowed yeah. spaced, I think, mm. to make mistakes no, yeah, um, and to be flawed and to be human mm. um, and sometimes I think if you if you have the label of a role model, it doesn't give you much space yeah. to do any mm-hmm. of that. Um. So I think that I'm more interested with the characters in my book in making them very real and very authentic. And I suppose as most, well, certainly as I was as a teenage girl, you know, a little bit confused and not really sure, you know, what's going on or what they're doing. Um, And I think that's maybe more important than being um, a role model. So just being human.
1: Yeah, Yeah. or a mermaid.
2: Or a mermaid, exactly, (laughs) either
1: or. Marion asks, what message would you like readers to leave with after finishing the book? Yeah,
2: well, I think I've probably answered that a little bit. But, you know, it is about diversity, um, inclusivity. Um, and also, I think, for young women to realize that... Or not even realize, because it's not that we don't have voices. It's just so often that we're silenced. Um, and I think it's really important for young women um, because to realize that their voices are really important, mm-hmm. to realize mm-hmm. how important it is to speak up and to speak out, particularly particularly at the time that we're at, because I think they there is just no place for complacency anymore because that time has passed um, and there is really urgent political issues that need to be addressed. Um, And I think that young women are such an incredibly powerful force. You know, people make fun of young women. Like, teenage girls made the Beatles, the biggest band in the world, you know? Like, they (laughs) have serious power. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's really just about listening to them and so that they feel empowered um, to use their voices um, and just to refuse to to refuse to shut up and to refuse to be silenced.
1: And on that, how was it writing half of the book where your main character
2: couldn't speak? <laughs> so hard. <laughs> so hard. Like, and it was really funny because I hadn't even thought about it. Yeah. And then it was like, you know, she takes the potion and I'm about to go, you know, Gaia said. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, shit. So it was a lot of italics after that. It was like, yeah. you know, I, I think and I thought. And I was like, oh, this is going to be really tough. But... Um, yeah, it was fine. It was it was it was just really funny that I hadn't actually thought about it until like I was yeah, like genuinely <laughs> It was midway through and I was like, Oh, what about dialogue? It's yes. Just a lot of people talking at her. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But then I suppose kind in of, a lot of ways sometimes that can feel that is like well, what my memory of being a teenage girl was mm-hmm. as well, was yeah. being talked at and actually not being listened to all that much. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, being looked at. Um, and not being listened to all that much. So I thought that that was kind of an interesting parallel to draw between Gaia and between a lot of maybe what, mm-hmm. you know, contemporary teenage girls are experiencing.
1: Yeah. And finally, another question from our dear, Lena. Uh Would you consider retelling any other fairy tale <gasps> in the future?
2: Um, I had so much fun with this. Yeah. Um, like, it's funny because with the other, three, um, the other three books, it was, they were really... It took a lot out of me. Do you know? It felt like I was kind of like carving something out of myself, and then, you know, just like throwing it on the page. And mm. I was exhausted after each of them. And with um, I, I finished the first draft of Almost Love on a Thursday. I gave myself the Friday off because it was my birthday. Um, <laughs> was so wild. Um, and then I started the first draft of The Surface Breaks on. Um, the Monday, and I was writing this while I was uh, simultaneously editing Almost Love. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, but you <laughs> know what? It was funny, because the, the edit of Almost Love was really tricky, um, and this just felt like the most glorious escape, you know, that I could just go into it and really let, because this was, I had the narrative framework in which to yeah. write. and so you I can just kind just of go to town around yeah, that, I guess. Yeah, exactly, yeah. you know, just let my imagination run wild, um, so I really, really enjoyed it. So I would love to do um more retellings. I mean, it's not in the cards at the moment because I have I have to deliver, let's say, my next adult novel for Quirkus. But if, if someone, I know, what would be
1: your like number one?
2: Hmm. Fairy tale um, to, re-
1: to retell again.
2: <laughs> I don't. I you know maybe the um I was gonna say maybe Beauty and the Beast. Just because, I mean, it's a story about Stockholm Syndrome. And and, and Nightingale Syndrome. Yes, it's so yeah. odd. And bestiality, like, let's yeah. not, you know, ignore <laughs> that. So mm-hmm. it's just a really, like, and I think Emma Watson's amazing, but I'm like, I don't know if... Uh, that wasn't a retelling. That was just a repeat. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So maybe that one. But there's loads. Oh my God, there's loads. There's so many that I think I could do a really good job on. But I think actually I just really... If there was two um, Disney movies, maybe it's just because of my age as well, because um, I was seven, seven when uh, uh, Beauty and the Beast came out. But... I I think the two of those, particularly Ariel and Belle. because mm-hmm. Bell was so bookish, you yeah. know, that sort of way. So I think yeah. there's like a lot of young women who would have also identified with that. Um so yeah, so maybe the two of them maybe that'll be my next one. Yeah. You yeah, heard it here first yeah. <laughs> on the banging book club.
1: <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. Thank you, yeah, so, thank you much. so much. Um they're bangers, uh, hopefully. You've, we've caught your interest and you should go and get the Surface Breaks. Yes, thank and you. And read it. It is out now and it is wonderful. Oh, like, thank I you. really loved it. Oh, thank you. I actually read it whilst I was, started reading it when I was going to oh, yes, Dublin for the day. Yes. And what's the, please pronounce it for me, the name of Gaia's mum. Oh, Mwerin. Yeah. I then met a girl that day with that name. No way! I um, you were like, okay, tell me how you
2: pronounce this. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, I'm reading this book at the moment and your name's in it. There's a, quite a few Irish names in there. I just yeah. like to torment my English agent um, who gets really... She's like, how do I... And I'm like, that's not how you pronounce it. And then I laugh at her and she feels quite hurt. But that's just how I roll, so...
1: Good work. Yeah, thank you. Um, where can people follow you online? Uh,
2: sure. Well, I'm on Twitter um, at O'Neilo, Um That's three L's because there's a lovely guy in uh, Florida called, called Orlando who people keep tweeting abuse at him um, and he's very nice. like, um, don't think you're looking for me, um, can you? <laughs> no. uh, yeah. So, yeah. So I think Twitter's probably. Or, or Instagram. I'm on that as well at, at O'Neill Lou. And that's also about three L's. So either or.
1: So just remember the three L's. Yes. Uh Thanks for listening. You can also follow Bangin' Book Club on Twitter and Instagram at Banging Book Club. And uh, would you have sex with this book? That's what we always ask having as Having well. not read it yet, but having read your other stuff, yes. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> like, I think I would too. But maybe once Guy like turns 16. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very much consensual sex. <laughs>
2: Please.
1: <laughs> oh um,
2: thanks, gosh, so... thanks for
1: listening. Oh,
2: Bye.
0: Thank Bye. you. Would I have sex with this book?